What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly. And today, I am joined by a good friend of the show, and good friend of me, and co-host of sister podcast, Stories Out of Time and Space, Julian. Julian Darius, how are you doing? You okay? Uh, I'm doing all right. Till all are one. Mm. Um, it is an honor to be back. Uh, you know, our sci-fi podcast, Stories Out of Time and Space, spun out of 20th Century Geek and how much fun we had together. So it's a thrill to be back. No, it's going to be great. And uh, th- this episode is sort of, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, the circuit's completing because this episode is sort of spinning out of uh, an episode of Stories Out of Time and Space. Um, the other day for season two, we recorded an episode discussing and reviewing the Transformers, the movie from 1986. And um, you are uh, a fan of the Transformers universe. Um, and really, it's sort of one of those things that from for me, it's, al- it's always been there. Like, it's one of those franchises that's just existed. I loved the cartoon as a kid, like the Generation 1 cartoon. I had some of the toys. Um, I watched, whether I enjoyed it or not, we'll discuss, but I watched Beast Wars. Um I've seen some of the sort of the other variations. And then just over time, I have looked on with envy at some of the awesome toys that have come out of uh, the different toy companies for, for Transformers. And the detailing and, and some of the things are fantastic. So, and we will get into all of that. But uh, yeah, you, you have, uh, Julian, you have quite an, ext- uh, an impressive collection, I understand, of uh, Transformers toys. I do. And uh, mm. I've, uh, it augmented it significantly since I, I sent you those photos. Uh, mm. I moved those cabinets and expanded them, and I got more in boxes that I can't fit. Uh, they, they just came out with the Titan class Scorpionock, so you know he found a nice room next to my, you know, Fort <laughs> Mac. How how big is that then? Like... Uh, that is that one is about twenty one inches tall. Wow. Um, so, I mean, the, the biggest toy was uh, Fortress Maximus uh, of mm. the one line, and he was 22 inches tall, <laughs> and he cost $100 in 1987. Uh, was that What was that one? Was he the sort of like, I remember there was one that turned into a, um, like a, was he gray or whitish? <clears throat> and you know, I remember like his chest had like two compartments that would open, and his legs had ramps on or something like that. I, was, I remember I a friend had Metroplex? Those. That might be, um, yeah. A friend of mine had that one. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, but yeah, Fortress Maximus was is kind of um, uh, blue with red accents, and he was the leader of the Headmasters. Um, right. So he he has those like torso guns <laughs> that you know <laughs> stuck out, and and he had the Russian uh, nesting doll sort of uh, Headmaster effect, where the other guys had a a, a robot or a Nebulan partner who would you know, flip up and transform into their head. Mm. Um, and Fort Max had a regular size transformer as his head, who itself had a regular size. <laughs> <head. laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Some of the toys on these have been incredible. I mean, um, f- for me, obviously, it goes back to 84, is it, when it first started? Yeah. And after we talked about the film, I was sort of thinking back, and I was like, well, I definitely had an Optimus Prime, and I definitely had a Grimlock. Those were the two I can I can remember having. <clears throat> and I was trying to think, like, were there any, were there any others? And uh, I've said, I know friends had, we talked about the fact that I had a friend who had a Megatron, and it always baffled me how, like, Megatron was a normal-sized gun, <laughs> yet like, Optimus was this little dinky truck. Um, but there's, there's a, there was a Transformer I had, and I think it came a bit later. And I'm not even sure if it's an official Transformer. I, I can't remember. But it was a blue, it was, sorry, it was a green truck. That's all I remember. It was a green truck. And it sort of, um, it just had, because uh, I love the way they, st- they, they stood. I mean, like, I think uh, Jazz and Prowl were two of my favorites. I never had them, but like the way that the bonnet was sort of formed their chest. Um, and this green, this green sort of pickup truck kind of looking thing. Like it's, it's, um, the bonnet and it would flip down and would become like its chest and its head was there. They were great. I loved them. They were just sort of, uh, uh, so that was the thing for me. I, I remember having those just as a sort of kid. They were the ones that I had. Um, but I know that others had, you know, I remember, I remember people that had like, uh, the star scream and like that generation one toys. Um, was it a green trucker Jeep? Was it a uh, hound? No, it wasn't. It was it wasn't Hound. No, it wasn't. It was a. It was like a pickup. I remember it being like a pickup truck, and when it transformed into the vehicle, you could add a like a cover to the back uh, to the back compartment. Like you could have a little roof put on him and stuff. But I've never been able to find a picture of it, so I'm not even totally sure it was a, it was an official transformer. It might have been one of those sort of like you know uh, transmorphers or one of those other things that sort of get you know yeah, another company sort of funny. just bashed out. There's there's on eBay, you know, a big market for some of those uh, old KOs. Um, you know, some of them now command decent prices because people remember them, and some of them were really cool. Mm. As I say, because there must have been, because I mean, I see it now, and you see the really like crappy ones. You go to like a pound shop or a supermarket, and you see their sort of you know cheaper toys, and they've got and they've. They've got toys now that look worse than the Generation <laughs> One Transformers from you know the, the early eighties, um, and they're only a couple of quid, and that's sort of fine. But like you say, that like that, that knockoff, that sort of um, copying has been around for ages. I mean, it's, I tell you, what, the one I see more of than anything now is variances on the the modern Bumblebee. Mm. Like he's that that character seems to have taken off quite a bit. That that you know instead of it being a uh, a beetle bug uh car Volkswagen Beetle is now obviously the Camaro or whatever sort of sports car and I just see knockoffs of that like all over the place at the moment which I think is quite funny yeah he's become incredibly popular um and you know he was always the sort of like fan uh the sort of audience identification figure of G1 especially of the first couple years um but uh yeah especially with the movies you know I mean, he's got a solo movie and, and everything. And, you know, so they've been through several of those Camaro designs. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny how they change. I mean, the thing is, what I found, I find with a lot of, especially with the 80s franchises, like they don't start, they don't, they don't start in the way they end up. You know, so I know that the He-Man Masters of the Universe uh, started as a bunch of toy molds that were going to be Conan- the barbarian figures or Conan-like figures, and then they couldn't. Then they had to get 
some rights and they couldn't get them, so they just basically palmed them off and they became masters of the universe. But something similar happened to Transformers, didn't it? Like they started in Japan because obviously they love their mech uh, toys and they've been around for years. And this this was just a toy range, wasn't it? They got picked up by Mattel, uh, by Hasbro. Um, Hasbro, sorry, yeah, yeah. So I mean, all the toys that became the Transformers, basically not all of them, but the main two lines were Diaclone and Microchange. And these were lines, um, I believe they were both owned by Takara, Tomi, uh, or, you know, one of them. Um, those were the major companies. And, you know, like in Japan, those, you know, Japan has all those, what to us are weird companies that like make toaster <laughs> ovens and toys and sports cars. <laughs> uh, so, you know, transforming robots were sort of like all the rage in Japan and they started cautiously getting imported into the States. And uh, essentially, you know, Hasbro formed this alliance with what became Takara Tomy. And uh, it was Takara that, you know, basically helped them find all these toys. And all basically all the G1 cars were Diaclone. Mm. Uh, all, you know, Optimus Prime, uh, what became Ultra Magnus was part of that um all the the g1 cars um and then micro change was all the like one-to-one toys like um like megatron, uh, megatron right and uh sound wave uh laughter mm. uh all those cassettes uh and officially you know interestingly all those like little uh g1 cars like bumblebee cliff jumper all that stuff you know why they looked so so messed up uh, their proportions. Um, they were supposed to, they were from that line and they were supposed to be one-to-one toy cars that you had as a kid that were secretly alien robots or robots. Right. So they were supposed to fit in with like all your other sort of like dinky toys or your Hot Wheels and all that sort of stuff. And then. Yeah. They're ah. deformed, you know, to, to yeah. look like toy cars as opposed to a real car. Um, yeah. And some of them just look ridiculous, especially next to like a, a, a Diaclone Datsun or something that looks yeah. spot on. Yeah, it's interesting. They sort of, like you say, these those things got brought together. So when 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 Hasbro got them, obviously they brought them to the states. So they, I'm assuming at that point there was no Autobots, Decepticons. They just had a bunch of toys, and we're like, okay, now we're going to flog them, or was it right now we've got now we've got to give them a law, now we've got to give them a um, an origin and a, and a sort of a you know a story in order to sell them, or did that come later? Yeah, I mean that that came at that point where they mm. were assembling it. They were you know, especially in those first couple of years, they were just buying up rights to any transforming mold they could they could get for a toy, um, and then they turned to Marvel. So uh, Hasbro had basically like. You know, in Japan, you don't need a backstory, okay? Mm -hmm. If you watch anime, half of it doesn't make any sense. A, a guy can just land from outer space and say, I have this power, and you're just like, go with it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, but in America, you needed to have, you know, this backstory. They needed to have all of this nailed down. And Hasbro had experience with uh, G.I. Joe. So they had turned to Marvel to make G.I. Joe real. Um, so, you know, G.I. Joe launched in 82 and they went to Marvel and, and I think it was Marvel that even said like, uh, so who do they fight? 
And yeah. Hasbro was like, oh, I, I don't know, you know, and they said, oh, no, we <laughs> need to come up with somebody for them to fight. Uh, so, you know, obviously that turned into G.I. Joe. So uh, this was under Shooter as EIC of, of Marvel and Hasbro knew, oh, yeah, they can get the job done. So they basically mm. just said, OK, here are these toys. Here are boxes of toys. Put them on your desk. <laughs> figure out, like, you know, who they what their names are, what their specialization is, you know, uh, what their personality is and figure out a backstory for them because they don't even belong in the same line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. I mean, the one thing I do know, I've been known this is, and this is the weird, one of those weird things of like, especially in the comic industry, like certain people just pop up and you're always a bit surprised of like, oh, that, that person did something. Uh, and in this case, it's the fact that Denny O'Neill wrote like a first draft of a tran- the Transformers law. Uh, I don't know, I don't know much about what was in it other than, uh, and as you confirmed the other day, the, the name, the one thing that he sort of created that stuck was the name Optimus Prime. Um, but for some reason that, that his draft wasn't kept and it was given to, I forget who it was given to, and then became what we sort of know today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shooter rejected it. Um, and you can find online uh, TF Wiki is like the best wiki ever made for any <laughs> you know uh, any franchise, um, and it, it, it's filled with details. Um, you know, if you know Wheelie from the movie, the entire page for Wheelie is in rhyme. Um, Excellent. I mean, it, it, it's insane. It, it's a fantastic wiki, um, and uh, the, you know they've got a lot of details about stuff like this, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Shooter's talked about this, that basically, like, O'Neill's draft, while, obviously, it's Danny O'Neill. I mean, Danny O'Neill is a genius. Mm-hmm. Recently, unfortunately. Um, uh, but it was not what this toy, action toy line for boys <laughs> needed. And Bob Budiansky, who became, uh, you know, the head writer on uh, the early Transformers, you know, sort of said, Hey, um, I'd like to have a shot. And he was sort of mostly an artist at the time. And Shooter said, Hey, go for it. Um, and it was basically like the whole thing was like done over a weekend. It was just like, you know, okay, what am I going to name this guy? What am I going to name this guy? And, uh, you know, just you put together a file. It's like, you know, okay, uh, impetuous, uh, you know, likes uh, trees or whatever. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then you run it past Hasbro, and I, I, I remember one of them was going to be named like uh, uh, headlamps or something, you know, like headlights or right. high beam, and uh, and that was and it was vetoed by Hasbro because um, apparently that was slang for a woman's breast at the time in like Chicagoland kind of area, <laughs> and, and Hasbro's like, no, 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 <laughs> don't use that name, yeah. Um, Okay, so so really, so that was the sort of the the that was the start of it. Because I mean, that, that's the thing. The the thing I was fine with the transformer, with any of these things actually. When you know, it's with all the sort of the these toy based commercial franchises of the eighties. Is actually they, they put in quite a lot of effort into creating the sort of the lore in the world. Um, so when you do pick up uh, the comic in particular, you know, Marvel then did a initially thing. It was, was going to be a four issue run, wasn't it? And it was like, oh, it's doing really well. Let's con- let's carry on. Um, and in that, like four issues, like oh no, sod that. In that f- first issue, <laughs> uh, which I reread last night, that, that first issue, 
it is chocker full of like information. Not all of it conveyed in the, the best possible way, but it's all in there. And like you, you know, you get to know all the characters, you get to know sort of like um the the established of, of uh, Cybertron, the war, the conflict between the uh, Decepticons and the Autobots. Everything's in that first issue, um, and it lays it all out. Like you know, like I say, some places quite clunky, but it's all there, ready to go, uh, and that's pretty impressive, really. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what uh, Marvel was really good at, especially under the Shooter years. Uh, you know, a lot of people hate Shooter, but he was he was good at this kind of stuff, and. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, one thing that I sometimes say about Transformers is, I, I mean, I am the biggest fan and, and it's weird that it has stuck with me as other things have not, or have kind of faded. And, and I would not have predicted that. I mean, um, I'd say 97% of my toys are Transformers toys. Um, I would never have predicted that. Um, but I will still say, uh, at its heart, Transformers is very, very, very stupid. <laughs> uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, obviously I love it. There's tons that I love. But um, at its heart, it's about getting two toys in one. It's about you get a car, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or a plane or whatever. And you also get this killer robot. <laughs> and you can, you know... You can do too. Sometimes I'll look at a toy and I'll be like, yeah, you know, that's an awesome jet, but it's just a jet, man. You know, like it, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. I guess it's got a detachable missile, but like, you know, it doesn't turn into a posable robot. So, I mean, there is a way in which even today, um, it's sort of like concept first, right? Like that, mm -hmm. that legacy of just giving those toys and, and then you say, all right, what do I come up with for this? And I kind of like that. And it sort of reminds me of like, um, you know, how like in the 60s, uh, uh, the editors at DC would sort of say, OK, here's your cover. Now, you know, Julius Schwartz would just say, you know, here's your cover. Flash is stretched out like putty and yeah. there's a wizard standing over him, spinning his putty body onto a onto a stick. Uh, write that story, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, Go figure it out. It's so artificial, right? But but it's it works. And and I love so many of those comics. It's just like, all right, now we got like a space shuttle transformer. What's mm. his deal? You know, and you kind of have to come up with I love this sort of challenge of like, how do I come up with an explanation for this absurd concept that just exists because this is cool? You know? Uh it, it's not the way that you know you would tell people to write, but it, it's fascinating to me. Well, it, it, it goes to show it's a different sort of um, ethos, isn't it, for these different things? Because like I say, because now when you look at the the modern, um, you know, runs on especially IDW, like they, they sort of have shepherded it through, almost like with with what I'd say would be like a character bible. Like they've clearly sort of created a blueprint of what that the transport the modern Transformers universe is, right down, for, like I say, from the origin of the of, of the species, as it were, through to um, you know what the the civil war was created. You know what caused the civil war and all sorts of things. Like um, you know, they've gone to a lot of detail. They've taken it to that next level. But I kind of like, and that's great, and I enjoy it because it gives you the lore and the mythos and and everything. Especially this whole thing of like you know, um, the I don't know about making Megatron sympathetic, but you know they've definitely given him more of a justification than just being 
evil like you know like he was in the old days but i do love this idea though there was this incredibly 80s of just sort of saying like cool idea make it work in that you know it's, it's um that's what all of them were like you know you look at all those sort of the franchisey things like thundercats makes no sense if anything like you really yeah. think thundercats like there's some real problems like i'd forgotten because i've been digging into a couple of them recently I'd completely forgotten that um, <clears throat> Lion-O is actually just an age... He's a child in a man's body. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's weird. They're all naked in the first episode till they're given clothes. That's uh-huh. weird. So, <laughs> you know, it's sort of... It's Masters yeah. of the Universe. Same thing. Like, yeah. He-Man and Adam, it's not... It's worse than Clark Kent. Like, he literally looks exactly the same. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think they were just distracted by the, the furry pants or the pink top. But... Yeah, I, I kind of like the balls of it. That's just sort of saying, like, no, crazy idea. Let's just go for it. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and as a writer myself, I I sort of have experimented with this, and I and I kind of love it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a joy of like saying, you know, like I I, I want to write a story about X. Like I have this character in mind. Like it shouldn't work. And then in my case, I think, how do I make this logical? How do I make mm. this? What are the implications of each choice along the way? And they were not writing at that level on Transformers. But still, it's like, you know, hey, you know, giant robots that combine. Let's come up with a reason for that. But I like the fact that they say that they, the, the way that they've, that, that mentality is like clearly continues. Because the, the first range, that first wave, um, especially in the comic, when you look, you know, that like you say, <clears throat> that um, the the Autobots in particular, they're a bunch of vehicles. And so when they crashes on Earth, when the Ark crashes on Earth and it finally re- uh, reactivates and it scans the world, <clears throat> and this is done really well in the cartoon, actually, which we'll get to, it's sort of like, you know, you've sort of seen them in their space version, on their Cybertronian version. Um, I mean, Bumblebee's actually a really good example. Like, when, you know, in Cyber, when he's on Cybertron, he's like a little triangular shape or little similar size but it's a very different shape comes to earth they get this the 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 arc scans something she scans a a beetle and he becomes a volkswagen beetle bug you know and the the same for the rest of them it's just lucky enough that they all seem to be scanned for the right size um and the same with the autobots for the most part you know there's some sort of odd ones um but again i love the fact that they've gone that makes sense and then they've gone Robot dinosaurs. We need robot dinosaurs. <laughs> and you sort of go, but that doesn't make any sense. But we don't care. They're called the Dinobots, and they're awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, how awesome are the Dinobots? I mean, Ooh. I love the Dinobots, but they don't make any sense, right? Um, no. They yeah. Make, I mean, there's been make... attempts to come up with like Cybertronian modes for them and stuff. Uh, and but you know it's like the art crashed four million years ago. There weren't any dinosaurs on the planet then, man. <laughs> you know what was the art? Also, the art is scanning. I don't know. There are a few ideas of, but there are a few ideas of that original sort of that first comic, and um, you know that the original idea of the Transformers that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I should say that I was a huge Gobots fan at the time. Um, you know, and I, I still think that the Gobots toys overall were made better. Um, and one of the advantages that Transformers had was that it had a great variety of different sizes. So, you know, your neighbors had, uh, 
you know, Megatron or, or Ultra Magnus or, you know, one of the bigger guys. And, you know, or, or God forbid somebody had a Fort Max and, you know, 87, it was like, you know, he was going to be the most popular kid, right? Um, and, and so there was that kind of, they were more expensive. So that was an issue for me as a kid that I could not afford, you know, these toys. But, um, but you know, it's one of the things that I really liked about the Transformers, especially compared to GoBots, was that I always felt like there's implicitly the Autobots were the underdogs. Like, mm -hmm. you know, in GoBots, the bad guys are the renegades and the good guys are just like, we're in charge, man, and you're the rebels. Uh, it's like Star Wars, you know, the rebels are cooler. And mm -hmm. in Transformers, there is this implication that kind of like Megatron started the war somehow or whatever. But I love the idea that uh, it doesn't stay all that long, but the idea that the Autobots were cars and the Decepticons were military vehicles. Mm. How do you, you know, you're such an underdog. You're, you know, you, you've got a car that's got, you know, turns into a robot that carries a pistol, you know, and you're up against fighter jets. Uh, yeah. and I, I love that kind of like, yeah, it's natural that the sort of uh, military of a robotic planet would, basically take over and kind of enslave the robotic civilian transport vehicles. Yeah. The thing that's interesting is though, that like you say, these robots are, they're advanced, you know, even whether, whether they are advanced robotic technology or an advanced sort of like, you know, mechanical life form, they, they still have advanced technology. They have, they have sort of succeeded in space travel and all this other stuff. They can, they can fly, which never seems to be explained, but <clears throat> one Sometimes. thing, yeah. So one of the things I, I always find interesting is, like, especially with let's take, let's take Megatron and, um, uh, for example, and Optimus Prime. Like they are the, probably the biggest two. Like they can stand, you know, face to face sort of thing, um, when they're in robot form and that. But the whole concept, in fact, the whole thing of the theme tune is robots in disguise, which seems incredibly defensive and passive. When you're sort of thinking. Really, they could probably just march out, and like no one's really <laughs> going to stop them. You know, what I mean, it, seemed, it, it always felt bizarrely passive to me as a sort of like robots in disguise. I get that you know um, they're supposed to sort of the Autobots in particular are supposed to help and protect the humans in this sort of whole thing. But by, by about the third, fourth, in fact, I thought it was that by the second or third episode, Megatron's just storming into a power plant, like and you know, to oh, take yeah. energy, and you're a bit like. You're not really in disguise anymore, are you? It seems a bit pointless. <laughs> yeah, that's always been a, pro a logical problem, too. I mean, I think that the robots in disguise idea is a cool one. Um, mm. You know, before the, the live action movies, um, you know, I mean, I whether I was in a period where I was into Transformers or not, you know, you would I would be driving and I'd be just happen to be next to a red semi truck. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, 99 or something. Nobody yeah. cares about the Transformers. And that should be like, oh, man, that's that's Optimus Prime. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and you know, that idea of kind of like they're hiding in plain sight, like your car might be a Transformer. Mm. That is, I think, some of the some of the best Transformer stories kind of play up that angle. Um, I think the, the first Bay movie does that incredibly successfully. And I think the sort of like Transformers 1 and 2 from Marvel with uh, mm. uh, Buster Witwicky and uh, Bumblebee sort of leaking in his garage. 
uh, and talking to him and him freaked out. Uh, those do that really well. So, I mean, I, I, I like the idea. It's sort of like, yeah, your car might be a transformer and you, how would you know? Uh, but yeah, in practice, you know, it, 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 it doesn't last very long and it makes a little more sense in like the Marvel comics where the, it's the humans basically never really figure out that the Autobots are good guys. You know, mm-hmm. like we got alien robots fighting on this planet and they wear different symbols, but they're wrecking the Statue of Liberty. So, you know, yeah, we don't let's care. Not worry about it. Yeah. But in the Sunbow cartoon, it, it, you know, Earth basically likes the Autobots through the whole thing with very rare exceptions. So it's like, well, you don't really need to hide. You've also got Autobot symbols on your cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's that thing as well after a while they're just not hiding anymore are they um but yeah not to mention that like a tank rolling through a city is not in disguise even if it's just a tank (laughs) you know yeah i did i did find it it, it's a it's an interesting thing because they talk about that first issue as well i was quite surprised at like um that you know you say about them being in disguise and a bit with uh buster and and uh Bumblebee is really good, and actually quite like I do quite like that. And sort of it, it, it shows that they've clearly. Read, I don't know if you've. Well, I'm assuming you've seen the Bumblebee, um, cartoon uh, film, mm-hmm. the most recent live action. Like the, again, reading that, and then the bit where she she takes Bumblebee into the garage, and it sort of that all felt very familiar. Um, however, they do still have a stand up shootout in a a, a drive in cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So Which I think is pretty cool. I mean, you yeah. know, you imagine being in a drive-in and some of the cars just like get up and turn into robots and start firing. Um, well, there's another idea in that, which is which is that you know, and I love this idea. Uh, and and you know, in my brain, there's a smart version of the Transformers, right? That has never exactly been done. But um, one idea that I love is the idea that's kind of implicit that the arc scans uh cars thinking that that is the dominant life form Mm. and if you think about our lives you know most of us drive or at least before covid we we drove every day our heart rates are elevated we experience uh physical damage to our bodies from driving just from being high stress watching all the time we're not even conscious of it um we, you think about people going outside and they, you know, they got to keep that car clean. They got to wash it. You know, uh, they slave over that car. The, they treat the car as an extension of their own bodies. You know, the sort of Scott McCloud thing, like he hit me. Well, mm. You're identifying with an object who's serving whom here. Mm. Uh, and if you were an alien watching this, it would be pretty easy to say, you know, oh, well, I'm, you know, it seems as if there's this sort of like surface symbiotic relationship and the cars are the, you know, the focus. No, it's a good point. Because I do quite kind of like that in the comic that they, they do. And it's not until sort of towards the end of the issue that they go, there's these little things running around, these figures running around. I, I think the arc may have been wrong. Um, yeah. the, the, I love that, man. Because when, when yeah, it's when the shooting starts, and they're a bit like because they believe that watching the film is some sort of like religious ritual. They're like, well, they must be really engrossed in this to not be responding to uh, the you know, the shots from the the Decepticons. So that is quite an interesting idea. 
Um, and it seems to play out more in the film as well. We talked about this the other day, but it plays out almost in the movie in that you, in the film, you find out that Cybertron isn't the only technological-based life form planet in the universe. So, you know, within the first seconds of the film, we watch another one being destroyed. And then you go to others in the, within the within the film. You know, you go to the junk planet and all this other stuff. <clears throat> and you sort of said in, in when we talked about it, like it's almost as if we're the exception rather than the rule. In the yeah, I really love that idea. And yeah. when that, that idea of uh, in the the first Marvel comic, apparently it's it's ridiculed in Transformers fandom that uh, there's that caption that says, you know, here. Uh, instead of being, you know, the idea is basically instead of being carbon based, life is silicon based and uh, and gears naturally evolve. Well, you know, I mean, it's a little far fetched, but I, I love it gets back to the idea that uh, it's such a staple of science fiction that alien life should be really different. Right. Mm. It's not going to look like us. It's going to be strange. And I think that Transformers doesn't do that enough, but I love when they do. Like you mentioned the religious ritual. Sure. You know, them yelling at cars like, run, get out of here. <laughs> uh, they don't do that stuff enough. But, um, you know, that's such a staple of good sci-fi, man. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It, it, it's it's quite, like you say, it it can seem silly. And it does seem a little, it's, it's played as a, a bit of a joke in the uh, in the comic. But it is, like you say, it's a really good idea. It's a cracking idea that actually they're used to this, you know, this idea of mechanical life rather than biological life. And so, yeah, why would they, you know, identify these things as us or us as being the dominant life form? Um, but yeah, I think you know the comic came, as I understand it, just before or around the same time as the cartoon, and um, the cartoon sort of plays out a similar. Um, opening arc, doesn't it? And sort of, um, but, you know, one of the things I'm curious about is, it, is there a fixed continuity? When we, you know, you and I have talked Star Wars extensively in the past and you have like, um, you know, the, the film canon, then you've got the sort of the legends, which is all the older books that sort of, you know, and they sort of mix and match. Then you've got comics, which is obviously the Marvel years and blah, 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 blah. And now that's all being streamlined. But, um, you know, is there anything similar for Transformers or is it a bit like pick and choose? Yeah, it's much more pick and choose. I mean, Transformers continuity is a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> it is just, a, it is an ever, I mean, you can look at a chart of it and it is just the most sprawling, complicated, incomprehensible thing imaginable. Um, so, so let's say uh, G1 uh, Transformers. The, the simplest thing is like you the cartoon, right? Mm -hmm. So you have three seasons in the US, then three episodes of a four season and the movie. Uh, there are contradictions in there, but that's essentially one thing. In Japan, they said, oh, we're going to ignore that four season and we're just going to make a new show, The Headmasters. And then that's going to become Super God Master Force. And that's going to become Victory and be capped off with a, a animation, uh, animated movie zone. So all of that is the Japanese G1 continuity, which contradicts both itself and <laughs> the, uh, the American continuity. Um, that's relatively simple, but in Japan, they didn't stop there. In Japan, all of the manga is part of that continuity. Um, 
they still are making manga set in that continuity. There are multiple timelines. There's all this stuff, you know, all of like vinyl tech happens in like, you know, some of it happens in the 90s. Some of it happens after the movie. I mean, Galvatron gets, you know, thrown to earth and exploded and his cells are, you know, I mean, we're talking about this is happening like between seasons and between Mm -hmm. episodes and stuff. Uh, it's unbelievably complex. But then just look at the Marvel uh, G1 continuity, right? Forget that there's Dreamwave G1 and, you know, there's Armada comics and just forget all of that. Just looking at G1, Marvel continuity. Do you take the Marvel US continuity? All right. Well, they did. Uh, Marvel US has uh, Transformers movie adaptation. That does not fit into the continuity. Mm. Absolutely is incompatible with it. Except it is clearly part of the continuity that happens in parallel universes. So you've kind of got to know it. And then do you incorporate the Marvel UK stories, which are problematic and some just have like the whole earth Force stuff at the end doesn't fit anywhere. And Optim- you know, you have all this mirroring. So like Optimus prime dies in the UK, then he comes back, then he dies again because then now the earth, now the U S stories are coming in. Uh, so that's a mess. Then do you include, uh, you know, you've got all these stories in the UK annuals that don't really fit. Then do you include uh, Generation 2, uh, which has a few UK stories as well. Um, you know, then they produced Regeneration 1, which was a 20-issue continuation at IDW of the original series that ignores Generation 2. (laughs) That's another branching timeline. And now they're publishing, which I'm loving, you know, uh, Transformers 84 uh, miniseries that sort of retcons all the origins, you know, problematically for for some people because, you know, Optimus Prime's kind of a dick. But, but, you know, I'm loving it. But is that part of, you know, uh, that universe? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is it is a wild mess. That that's kind of fun, though, isn't it? Like you say, <laughs> you know, I kind of I do kind of like that. And I think, as you say, as in fandom, you get kind of used to that, and it can be quite good fun. But you know, I mean, I read because IDW didn't seem to help themselves because I read the they've got the big oversized um, hardbacks, haven't they? The, the big sort of omnibus editions. I haven't got a physical copy, but I got I got uh, it was on sale. I got it Comicsology, and it says for the first time ever in chronological order. And I was like, oh, so what order were they released in? And then when you look into it, like he has a thing mm-hmm. in that explains it and says, oh yeah, yeah, you know, this will lead up to like Hail Megatron and da 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 da, and but you know this one was released first, but it's actually third, and then you got this and that, and, just, and then then they've got these like spotlight issues. Mm-hmm that fit between them. And you're just like, oh my God, I'm glad I'm reading it in this order because it explains it. Like if I was collecting this as a a monthly or like it's a series of, it's a series of mini series. If I was collecting this, I'd be lost. Oh yeah. Well, and, and, and specials too. And uh, I, I got news for you, man. Even those omnibus collections are not in order. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's stuff later that was published later after they started those mm. that get- in you know a later volume even though chronologically it should be i mean there is a definitive reading order yeah uh, but we're talking about like 320 you know issues worth or something of those specials and annuals and 
and there are all these like you know miniseries that are the origins that they, they mm. went back and did so much in early cybertron before they ever get to earth i mean i, I think it's like you know it's, it's multiple it would be multiple omnibus editions before you ever got to earth if they did it <laughs> entirely chronologically so i mean and, and that's cool but i mean those stories contradict each other too um you know yeah. i mean I don't know. I mean, they, they've done, but they've done awesome stuff. I mean, they, they, they did a uh, Victorian Transformers, you know, there was like Hearts of Steel where you've got like Optimus is a, is a locomotive and Shockwave is a, an ironclad. Uh, a third party made toys of these. I, I have some of them, <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing. So these steampunk Transformers. Yes. The thing is, the one thing I, I um, IDW have taken a lot of these sort of uh, franchises. I mean, the, the big three that they've taken, well, no, they've done a few, quite a few actually, of these 80s things that they've really run with. I mean, Transformers is has been one. <clears throat> I love what they've done. I say that first that first collection I read, and I've read some of the little mini series and stuff as well. They seem to, you know, the art's always fantastic. The you know, the stories are good, the action's good. So I've really enjoyed them. But I say Transformers, Ninja Turtles, they did, they've done great work on. Uh, their Ghostbusters run um, has been um, just an absolutely phenomenal. But then they've also done like GI Joe, and they did like My Little Pony, and they just they just take these things and just turn them into something completely awesome and something different. So I got you got to applaud them, I think, for, for doing that and and really sort of you know shepherding them in and, and taking care of them. Um, but also, I say maintaining then the sort of the slightly mental continuity that. Uh, that, that has existed in the past, um, so that is quite that is quite cool. They, they've done they have done quite a good job, um, but one of the things that we've sort of talked about before, and I think it's really important, is we've talked about Gen One, and you know everyone will always come back to that the those the, you know, the main ones. You talk about Optimus, you talk about Megatron, Bumblebee, uh, Ironhide, Prowl, and uh, you know um, all those ones that you know. Um, but like they, they just sort of they stick around now. They come back, but they went away from this what you would recognise as um, the, the the original with obviously the Gen Two. And we talked about the movie, so go check out when it's out. Go check out stories out of time on space for our opinions and feelings on uh, Transformers the movie. But beyond that, you get Generation Two, and you get Rodimus Prime and and talk and and. <clears throat> all those RC and and how long how long did they last for? Like about a, it's about a season and a bit. Yeah, that was that was the third season um, mm. that was continuing from the movie. So I mean, like the first two seasons. I mean, basically, if you think of the toy line, the the first year eighty four was uh, basically like Megatron, Soundwave, and the cassettes uh, and the Seekers, right? The original three Jets. Um, and then you have the cars, the mini cars, Optimus Prime. Um, it becomes a huge hit. And then, you know, for the next year, there's just like, how many molds can we get? Right. And you get the Constructicons, you know, the first combiner. Uh, you get uh, Jetfire, you know, the first uh, jet for the Autobots. And then you get, you know, a more expansive mini cons with like Power Glide and Cosmos and stuff like that. Um, and that was really the 85 was really the year of combiners. So mm. you get like, you know, Menasaur, you got, you know, like the Stunicons, the Aerial Bots, the Combaticons, you know, Protectobots. Those all, I mean, four combiners all come in that year. Um, 
in the comics. It was a big deal. And then uh, 86 is the year of the movie. And that's when all of a sudden the whole line changes and it gets into futuristic cars. Mm. Um, and there's, I mean, it's always inconsistent. I mean, they're still importing for, they're still importing uh, Ultra Magnus, which was part of Diaclone. I mean, but uh, for the most part, you know, like Cop and all those guys, they, they turn into futuristic things. Cyclonus turns into a futuristic plane. He's not an Earth mm. plane. Um, and that kind of, that really changes what Transformers was. And then, um, you know, the next year sort of keeps that going um, and introduces Headmasters and Target Masters and the idea of sort of human-sized guys, whether, you know, they're human or nebulin or, uh, you know, aliens or uh, tiny Transformers, depends on what continuity you're in. But they transform into the heads or they turn into the guns. Uh, and then the following year, you get Power Masters and, you know, they adapt that. So they turn into the engines that actually would allow the toy to transform. You can't transform it until you've plugged that engine in. You know, it, it hits a little latch, a very mm -hmm. simple gimmick. Um, so, you know, then they really start with gimmicks and you get like, you know, uh, pretenders, which, you know, was not i was not a fan of and yeah um you know there's sort of like organic shells around a very sort of simple kind of crummy transformer inside um i was not a huge fan of them although now i look back and i like some of the designs i'm like you know uh submarauder you know like he <clears throat> looks badass <laughs> i was, the pretenders is a weird one because i remember those i can remember this coming out and i would have been incredibly disappointed and i was just like oh like it's just a clip, you know, you'd put something over them, so like, yeah, it was they were an odd one. Um, but let's say it, it got odd. Uh, so I remember the headmasters sort of like you know, on the uh, and all these bits and pieces. I think this is when I sort of lost interest because I, I was all about the original G1 lineup. Um, and as it, as it diversified, I think that's why I sort of like was couldn't keep up. I liked some of them, but not others. Um, and so obviously, it was ended then because. Did it go away for a time? Um... Well, it, you know, what's interesting is it it, it never went away. Um, it went away from, from our perspective. Um, mm. And it's different in every country, right? So, like, my perspective was, uh, you know, I mean, the comic ended with issue 80. Uh, I was sort of following it to the end. Um, you know, took a year off here or there or something. But... Um, and, and by then, like you're getting into, uh, you've gotten into, you know, the, the micro machines, you know, the, uh, they sort of, that was popular. So they miniature and it was like, transformers have a problem with scale anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you, how do you have a, you know, Optimus prime next to, next to Starscream? you know, St Optimus prime's trailers longer than an F-15. I mean, that this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, if you if you have a Devastator, like that toy is like, you know, eight inches tall or something, Optimus Prime can knock him down, you know, like <laughs> not the way it's supposed to be. But then, you know, you get those micro uh, masters and they're just like, you know, it's a cool idea, but it doesn't really belong in the same line. Mm. And then they did like action masters, which were non-transforming. So, I mean, they really milked it. It went on for a while. But when it ended in America, it didn't end in Japan. And they kept right on going. Uh, you know, they had uh, 
there's this thing called like generation 1.5 where like Europe got some molds that we didn't get. Um, you know, Europe was a little behind America in terms of getting some of the original molds, but then it lasted longer. And then they did G2. They tried to like bring it back with a few new toys and mostly like remolds. Um, and basically that comes right up until Beast Wars. Um, you know, they're still doing stuff, just not necessarily in America. And the car, I think it's because the cartoon disappeared and the toys disappeared, certainly from, you know, in my experience, they disappeared from the shelves uh, for a period of about four years. Uh, and then Beast Wars comes in. Yeah, I was going to say, because same for me, I, I thought it just went away. Like I did, I did, There's no, you know, even then you don't look back and think, oh, it's carried on somewhere else. I was very much like, it's gone. The you know, the thing's over. The cartoon is gone. The the comic is sort of was winding up. The toys are sort of gone. You're moving on to the whatever the next fad was. I don't know, Pokemon or Pogs or something like that. And well, uh, was was the big one. Yes, that's yeah, Ninja Turtles, which obviously sort of took off in the sort of the late eighties, early nineties. Um, and then I like, say Beast Wars. I remember Beast Wars coming on TV. Uh, I my memory is it was on children's TV uh, in, in the UK. And all I remember seeing is, and I can remember quite vividly saying that Transformers is back. And I was like, oh, wicked. And it was going to be you know, computer animators or something. And then you watch this thing and I was like, what what, what's, what the hell is this? Like Optimus Prime's a gorilla. Um, uh, Starscream's a raptor, if I remember rightly. And uh, yeah, it was very, not on Earth. They appeared to be on a, a, another planet. Um, it is Earth, but I mean, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's got it's got like lava I'm sure having like, like lava thing in it, and and yeah, I don't know. What, so, what's the sort of what is what is Beast Wars? Well, I mean, I had the same reaction to Beast Wars. I mean, because I, I grew up with G One, and you know, you know, the weird thing is, we had tons of animal forms, but they were robots, right? I mean, we mm. had like. Who doesn't love Ravage, right? He's a jaguar that turns into a cassette tape, and he looks so badass. He's beautiful. There's Laserbeak, Buzzsaw. You know, we had the um, we had the Predacons, you know, that turned into like you know bulls and stuff. And I even like the Seacons that were like a squid, robotic squid. You know, yeah. Um, but there's something about seeing them in organic forms that that sort of uh, threw me and. Um, the other thing is the CGI. I mean, it was one of the earliest uh, CGI, entirely CGI shows. Uh, Reboot had come out. Um, Reboot. But, oh, yeah, you remember that? I remember Reboot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I, I couldn't get in. I was just like, no, this is not the Transformers. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, there are people, and I, I love them. Uh, there are fans who... That was their Transformers for them. Mm. Uh, that was their G1. And and I will say, I mean, that show was what kept the Transformers alive. Uh, it radically reinvented the concept. Um, it, it wasn't even Autobots and Decepticons. You know, it's Maximals and Predacons. I mean, it, mm. it really radically reinvented it. Um, you know, and that seemed too much of a departure for me. But in retrospect... Not only do I do I love these Beast Wars fans, and I, I think they don't get enough respect. Um, I also some of those characters, Optimus Primal, uh, who's a gorilla, he's awesome. 
you know, um, you know, I could do without some of the others, but that as that line went on, some really cool characters came, did come in. Um, and every, everybody's got different ones that they like, but there's a, there's a thing, there's a sort of like meme in transformers that, uh, uh, it's misspelled, but it's basically truck, not monkey. Uh, <laughs> and, and so you misspell it and the point, and I, I, I often refer to this, um, you know, it's sort of a touchstone for me. Like you imagine, you know, people on bulletin boards, you know, and like uh, AOL going, you know, Beast Wars, you know, screw Beast Wars, uh, truck, not monkey. You know? <laughs> well, first of all, he's not a monkey. He's a gorilla, right? Yeah. You don't even have your facts right. But secondly, you know, like misspelling it and the stupidity of this, it really shows like you don't own this franchise. This is just, it's not, if you want Optimus Prime to be a truck, you're not going to like this. And that's okay. But somebody else is going to love this. And you don't get to just say, truck, not monkey. It's not my thing. <laughs> and so sometimes when um, somebody takes a liberty with a character or a new movie comes out and it's a reboot and it's like, oh, you know, like the Joker shouldn't be around before Batman or, or you know, mm-hmm. or whatever I say, you know. Truck, not monkey. You know, like, <laughs> I know of it, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, are they separate continuities, or is it supposed to be a, a you know, do, do they exist in the same realm, or is it a completely different thing? That's a that is a as with all continuity questions with the Transformers, that is a difficult question. It was what people what people kind of remember is the heyday of Beast Wars was. Um, in really the second season where they uh, show the arc and, mm. you know, you see Optimus Prime and Starscream's ghost. Um, and so officially they are on a primitive version of earth. I think they're from the future. You know, it, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like why, again, like why is there an organic dinosaur? I mean, these animals weren't around at the same time. Mm. Um, they changed the conception of the show while they were creating it. But officially, it is jammed into the G1 continuity, although you could just as easily say, well, there's some version of G1 out there, but really Beast Wars exists on its own. So <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, and it's then quite, you say, what about the Japanese shows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. See, it is all quite malleable, then, isn't it? It can sort of fit together and... and um. Because the thing is, one of the things is like you know, knowing we're doing this, I sort of I checked out some of the different uh, iterations that it has formed in, in in animation, and and they all have a really different tone, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Beast Wars is Beast Wars. Beast Wars just seems like, like visually quite dark, um, you know, in, in not just tone but like visually it lo- looks quite dark. And then you you know you get later ones and then you've heard like Armada, which seems very sort of more um, anime. Yeah, anime. Yeah, it feels much more like an anime sort of style, which is quite cool. And there's some good. I love some of the character designs and stuff in it. And then you know you get the uh, the movie versions that start to influence it, and you get. Uh, but you got kid versions. Well, they're all kid versions. <laughs> but like, you get like young kids version with um, rescue bots. Mm. And then you've got the the more recent versions, and uh, I forgot what they're called now. But the, there's a couple of more recently they seem to have come out quite quick. You know, they sort yeah. of oh another one, oh another one, um, and they've all got a real different tone 
but they're all of an essence. They all keep that same essence. And they're all probably going to kill Optimus off at some point because he said that's a bit of a joke. <laughs> um, but the one I was most interested in, uh, we'll, and we'll, you know, we'll go back through the history again in a minute, but is the most recent iteration that I saw mm. was Netflix have done a, like a computer animated anime, um, Cybertronian War. It's a trilogy, and if, well, this is just the first part, like first six episodes called Siege, and it really seems to stick to. Um, the IDW sort of sort of ideas, uh, you know, that this thing of Megatron um, was a slave, or there's a, there was a sort of a slave class, or like a, almost like a working class of of, of um, robots serving a sort of another class, you know, and it's this this class division that sort of causes rebellion, and like you know, Megatron's almost like a, a working class dictator uh, that's taken over, and and um, it's. I don't. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I. Re- I don't, I'm into what your thoughts on because I really enjoyed it, and you know I thought it was. It, it's great that it patches into the fact that like you know they they, when this rebellion started they were all on the same side and it fractured and this thing of Megatron and I'm going to be spoilers for whoever's listening to the podcast but like um, Megatron and, and Ultra Magnus at one point like have a confrontation and you find out that they are sort of like they both started in this working class and all this other stuff like it's really well done um, it has it then goes off and sort of has some crazy moments it has zombie transformers in it it's got the you know, the, the, the all sparks in it and all this other stuff like it's it, I really enjoyed it what did you think you know, to be fair, Transformers Prime uh, starts with the, the zombie Transformer idea. Everything comes from something else, man. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of um, the strength of the series is that uh, because there's been all these iterations, um, you know, there are ideas in each one that kind of get preserved and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tried out again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have mixed, a uh, mixed view of it. I'm glad it exists. I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, th- there was a Makima series, uh, of, uh, combiner wars and, um, the previous ones. So, I mean, in the toy line, they started this thing called transformers generations, mm. um, which then, you know, became this, you know, it was an excuse to basically do kind of some, some G1 esque designs for the first time. Uh, in the 2000s and then they did you know the thrilling 30 for the 30th anniversary you know and that was like the first rc the first like 22 inch metroplex you know and then it's gotten so ambitious that now they're doing these toy lines as trilogies so you know prime wars was a trilogy and that had like combiner wars in it and ended with power of the primes and now it's um war for cybertron Mm. I mean, this is incredibly ambitious. You know, these days, no toy line lasts a year. And, Mm. you know, you have to rebrand it to continue going. So what they, you know, what they do is they say, okay, well, it's rebranded the next part of that trilogy. Um, But they've started making these uh, sort of brief sort of miniseries as kind of companions to that. And, you know, the Makima, all of these were produced, uh, to be fair, by F.J. DeSanto, uh, who's sort of showrunner. And in fairness, he, uh, I should disclose, he uh, was an executive producer on some of the movies we did at Sequart. So I know that <laughs> shit. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's a cool dude. And he, um, 
you know, he is making these and he's, and what I love about them is that they're sort of transformers for adults. They get mm. closer to what I want. Right. Um, you know, sort of like a smart version of the transformers. But at the same time, I feel like, well, you know, it's not quite the choices I would make. You know, the, there are some imbalances here and there. And, you know, I mean, it's also CG, right? So mm. so it's like you like that or you don't. You like the style or you don't. And I think that the buzz on it is that everybody likes Siege and everybody trashed those, those the earlier, like, Combiner Wars. And I thought, you know, yeah, I mean, there are storytelling you know, pluses and minuses. And I do think Siege is, it, it's getting better over time. But I think, you know, we're kind of like getting closer to the possibility of doing a sort of like adult Transformers mm -hmm. that can exist at the same time as like Rescue Boss. And I love that we're doing that. And I love that it exists and people are seeing the potential for it. Yeah, I think what's interesting is you say about the CG as well. Because I mean, the, the thing about this thing is the tone is um, like dead serious. Uh, of Siege, uh, you know, War for Cybertron, of Cybertron. and I, I like that. I really do. I think sort of, um, and someone else you sort of hinted at as before, like you know, in in this series, uh, whilst Optimus Optimus is still obviously the the leader, he's still the you know the brave one. He's got the sort of the courage and the honor. He's still a bit of a stubborn prick. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there's times when you do like there are characters that are saying to him like, "You're making the wrong decision." And I'm not sure we can stand by you with this, like, you know. Um, and there's characters in it that sort of like you're saying he's just as bad as almost just as bad as Megatron. I mean, there's um, a really good scene of this where you know the, the basically they're, they're trying to sort of they're trying to get um, a, a, the all spark becomes a bit of a MacGuffin for the for the last sort of three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but you meet and I forget the name, so which is dreadful, but you meet like, the medical. Um, Ratchet. Oh, no. Ratchet's Ratchet. great. Ratchet is a highlight of that series. Right. And the fact he's that he's, he's, yeah, and his, like, you know, so his politics, but his stance on the whole thing is really good. And the mm -hmm. fact he'll, he stands up to sort of um, Optimus, he's like, you're just as bad as them. Like, look, look at what's happening. And because of your stupid war, uh, mm -hmm. and he's happy to help anyone. And there's obviously the rule that, like, you know, uh, Autobot Decepticon, don't care. If you're here to be helped, you're here to be helped, and you then you have that. There's a former Decepticon who sort of like you know has been not so much turned to to, to be a good guy. He's just he's been, sort of removed himself from the war as well. And then mm -hmm. um, you know it, again, it's where the, the series takes a shift because again, it's it's trying to make this um, like a statement, but it, it has these moments from like this is really cool. Um, and then to remind you, it's sort of like you know it, it's set in this sort of cartoon universe. Then you have mirage sort of um <laughs> camouflaging oh, yeah. an, an entire an entire building sort of thing you think that's it's but yeah it was i was yeah. really impressed with some of the ideas and the thoughts of it and the fact it wasn't just sort of like you know rah rah heroes and villains it's, it's a bit more complex than that yeah and i and i think that has evolved in the transformers franchise i mean mm. people will give uh uh beast wars a lot of credit for uh character switching sides you know, mm -hmm. that happened a lot of characters dying, um, you know, in, in terms of story, it was much more advanced. Um, and that's true in the in the Marvel comics of G1. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was uh, difficult. Um, you know, Optimus made tough decisions uh, and it was not at all clear that he was a 
correct all the time. Mm. Um, and I think that's expanded. You know, you talked about IDW Megatron, um, you know, and how I, it's so important to have, like, I always think of Magneto, right? To have a villain that thinks he's right, you know, who isn't just like, I love killing, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, so, and I think that a lot of those ideas have gotten into Siege. Uh, you know, you, um, you know, there's stuff like, you know, where, where is it? They're going to like the sea of rust or something. And there's like, mm. oh, you got to drive through the tornadoes. And I think, oh God, you know, like get back to, I want a more streamlined plot, uh, personally, but Ratchet is, is brilliant. I, I think a lot of it looks really good. I think Omega Supreme looks great. You mm. know, he looks threatening. Uh, um, yeah. So there's a lot that it does right. And I think those mature themes are, Things that, you know, we Transformers fans know, not necessarily that version of Ratchet, who is fantastic. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I like the tension with, you know, RC becomes the, not RC, uh, Elita One becomes the standout mm -hmm. character of that show, um, which is great. And, and I think like, you know, IDW introduced Windblade. There's much more of across all media and awareness of the need to, not just be so blokish, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's cool that, you know, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, I, I think it's cool that guys can be into my little pony as long as they don't make everyone uncomfortable. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, and it's awesome that, you know, there are characters that girls can identify with and enjoy about transformers or GI Joe and that we're expanding all of this. Uh, and, it, and you see the effect in Siege, that it is for the betterment of the story. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I, I was really impressed with how strong the story was. Um, and I should say, like, because yeah, I mean, Netflix has tried to do a couple of these sort of, um, it's, it's expanding its anime quite extensively. I think, you know, fair play to Netflix for doing these things mm -hmm. and taking these on. And, um, you know, the, the, or the first two of the three Godzilla anime, the animes were quite good. The third one was a bit dreadful. Um, but the fact they've done this is great, and I can't wait for the next for the for the next one. Uh, and it obviously ends it ends on a cliffhanger. The one thing about the animation though that I I, I I agree with, and something I sort of I struggle with 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 CGI versus ha uh, drawn animation, two D animation mm -hmm. for Transformers. When you CGI something, in, you know, it's sort of uh, you are giving it more weight, and it has a with it has more of a texture and it has more of a weight and a sort of a physicality in the sense that you know um i, I know it's a flat screen and these are just images but they have a, <laughs> they have a 3d stuff and that they've obviously programmed in and this stuff so it, it feels clunky in the, like, as it should do because they're robots so in, in sort of in uh, uh, uh siege like you know ultra magnus in particular like he feels like huge and bulky and they move with those parts and they, they accommodate it. But, you know, when they walk, it's walking with these huge, powerful legs of, of metal. Um, and it's fine and everything, but it also feels, you feel the clunkiness of the robot that reminds me very much of the Gen 1 toys, mm -hmm. you know, which is fine because that's what the toys were. But one of the things I love about the 2D animation, especially in the movie, um, also has been replicated elsewhere is the smoothness because it was drawn animation and yeah there were mistakes there's always going to be mistakes in these sort of like you know 
these ones and they bash them out of some sort of Korean animation house where they're sort of like, you know, doing probably four episodes of Transformers next to He-Man, next to Ghostbusters all in one go. <clears throat> but there was a sort of there was a sort of a smoothness to the animation that yes, you understood they were big clunky pieces of metal, but it, it always felt more I, I was always more willing to accept that they sort of fit together and they were able to move and jump around and stuff when they were 2D animation. Um and that may be just because of the era that I've watched cartoons in, but um I don't know. I'm a huge fan of of, of hand drawn animation. I mm. mean I I love it. I, I obviously, you know, watch tons of CGI stuff and uh, enjoy it. But, um, you know, it's really that that sort of hand painted look that I that I love. Um, now, with Siege is interesting because one of the things that irritates me about Siege is it looks so much better than past sort of computer rendered, you know, uh, Transformer stuff. Uh, there are shots that just look beautiful and, and you can kind of like nitpick like, okay, that surface doesn't look good. That one looks stunning. So it kind of like depends on the shot, but then, you know, there's a kind of like unnaturalness to the poses that bothers Mm. me. And it's like, I can't put my finger on it. It's just like, as somebody's talking, they, they wave their hand around a little and it doesn't stay exactly in the right place. It's not, you know. I, I I don't know. There's there's something about that that naturalness, that imprecision that I, I just feel doesn't come across in Siege for what in for whatever reason. And and it just it, it's the smallest little thing, but it just irritates me that you know people are standing and they're kind of like they never slouch. I mean, if they do, it's like at you know a five degree angle and their yeah. arms. You know, I I don't know. It just. That bothers me. But the thing you said about like the character models, that that I think is really awesome about Siege because mm. um, when what you're seeing in Siege is the exact toys of those generations' toys. So in complete with like the clunky giant backpack on the back of Alita One, right? Mm. So you know, that's the downside is you don't get to like just redesign Ironhide and Ratchet like they did in G1 or Megatron. So he doesn't have a, a trigger in his crotch, you know, um, you know, you can make those smart choices if you have that freedom. But the flip side of that is like, can you imagine how awesome it would be if you were a kid and you are watching Siege and then you're like, yeah, I can go to the store and I can get the toy. And it looks spot on because it's literally the same computer model. Yes, that's, I, that's right. it, yeah. I mean, Megatron's probably the one that has benefited the most from a lot of this. So at some point they were like, "He's he, you know, he's no longer a handgun; he's a tank," mm-hmm. um, and and they seem to have maintained that, um, which is great. And, and again, like you say, so the model you now see in the in the uh, in the, the cartoon is the toy you go get. But one of the things I was surprised about in the cartoon was the lack of transformation. As in, sort of, a, there's a couple of moments where you hear the noise and they transform, but there's not. It's not like every, it's, you know, like the Gen One cartoon where they're like, you know, every every twenty minutes, you know, at least once in the episode, sort of, you know, Optimus is like, you know, Autobots roll out and they just they all transform and you see them drive off, or there'll be a great shot of you know of one of them sort of like the car taking off and them transforming in the air or whatever. Um, this felt very much like no, no. Here they are in their humanoid forms, and every now and then you might see, you know, you will see them in their 
vehicle for. Um, it, it seemed, which funnily enough, felt less like a cartoon and sorry, less like an advert than the former, mm. for, you know, the former versions. Because the former versions were like, look how cool it is to have both. This was more of a story. <laughs> and I say it sort of serves the story. So it does seem more sophisticated. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I was, I was, I was really impressed with it. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be definitely watching the next one. Um, but some of the other cartoons and stuff are, are, are okay. There was it Prime. There's, there's Transformers Prime, and then there was another one. And yeah, Prime they, lasted a long time. Mm. Well, again, the character designs in that are completely different. Again, like you know, I mean, Optimus is clearly Optimus, but they've gone for different. And that's one of the things I love as well that they do change. And that's the one thing you can do because these are robots that become vehicles and stuff like you can do that but you couldn't do that with the ninja turtles you couldn't say right now you know we're gonna sort of absolutely radically change them well no, unless you're michael bay and you do and they become sort of like some <laughs> some monsters um you know if you if you if you lean too much away from them like you know if it's sort of organic like the ghostbusters couldn't be changed too much and you couldn't still call them you know, Peter Egon, Ray, and Winston, if you change them like massively. But with Optimus Prime and the robot, like the, uh, the Transformers, you can sort of do that. And you, as long as you keep specific things, and they still look like really cool, uh, which I suppose is the point. Yeah, I think there's a kind of like, there's a debate in all of these franchises about like, you know, at what point do you break it, right? Mm. Like when you change it too much, um, you know, if the, if the turtles are aliens, is that too far? Um, yeah, you know, um, you know, and, and people say, well, it's like altering the fundamental DNA, right? I mean, if, if, if Superman is a dick, is he <laughs> Superman to you, you know? Um, and, and the answer is sure he's Superman, but he might not be within the parameters of, of what you want or mm. what you're comfortable with. Um, and I think that especially Beast Wars kind of put that into Transformers in such a radical way that, you know, once you say, you know, truck, not monkey, you know, I mean, <laughs> once you say he can be a gorilla, um, then, uh, you know, you're, you're off to the races, man. And so I think that uh, if anything, they've gotten more narrow about that over time. Um, mm. You know, you look at, uh, I'm a huge fan of Cyberverse that just concluded, you know, kind of kitty uh, three season long. The first season's not good. The second season is like really good. The third season is just amazing. There's so much that it's just fantastic. It, it's, and all, it's for kids. Yeah. It's but all it stays on, for the, um, it's very G1 too. I was saying, it's all on um, Netflix. And, and I watched the first episode and I was like, mm, I'm not sure. But are you recommending I stick with it? Yeah, just skip the whole first season. I mean, the first, okay. the first season is like Windblade and Bumblebee at having adventures trying to track down the Ark and avoid Seekers while they're doing it for a whole season. And okay. there's some flashback stuff that's good, but, you know, yeah, just skip that. Just go straight to season two. That show has a lot of big, like, breaks in time, even mm. in the middle of seasons. Uh, skip right to season two, and it, I think it's like it opens with a big fight on the moon that has nothing to do with where they left everyone in season one. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. they started fighting on Earth. Um, and season three is amazing, man. Season three is like a 
Australian uh, Transformer who's who's like clearly uh, who's that who's that guy who got who got killed who did the Steve Irwin. Uh, yeah, he's clearly like you know, oh, I'm Steve. Uh, you know, he's like well, alien hunters, and you know, he, he does. And all the Transformers are like watching this TV show. Uh, there's so there's like kind of like Star Trek like little episodes uh, in there that are just so brilliant and fun. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I will definitely try because the thing is, when I watched the first episode, and you know, we've joked about the trope of Optimus Prime being killed. And the first episode literally opens with, you know, uh, you find out that Bumblebee's a cop and um, they go to a monument. It's a monument of of Optimus Prime. And I'm like, wow, they didn't even start for this series. They just killed him from the off. Like, you know, like, uh, and then I was, and he sort of sees a vision of him and I was like, okay, I'll I'll see. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you if it's worth seeing uh, or given time to, but. um, Yeah, and I think that's all on. That's all on YouTube. Um, I think I think Netflix only has that first season, um, oh. but uh, the official Hasbro channel has it all on on YouTube. Um, and they're ten minute they're ten minute episodes, so it's like get in, get out. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, mm. I mean, and I think that's, you know what's interesting to me is there's stuff that I like, there's stuff I don't like. I can never get into uh, the Unicron trilogy, the sort of you know Armada, Energon uh cybertron mm. but there are design i have toys from that and there are designs from that that uh i love tidal wave i mean tidal wave is just this this awesome guy that <laughs> out of the water he's got turrets all over him he's gigantic um you know th- there are a bunch of uh ideas from that and designs from that that have stuck um and then uh i wanted to throw in uh the vinyl tech uh, sort of alternators line. These was, uh, I was sort of out of Transformers toys for a long time. And I was in Hawaii and the stuff that irritated me about Transformers, you know, was always like, okay, well, I want a G1 back, you know, robots yeah. in disguise wasn't really it for me. Obviously Armada Energon, you know, this is not really it for me. Um, you know, I got read some comics here and there, but I was always irritated at, the compromises to the toys that they were one that they were not in scale. And it's like, yeah, that's good. But you know, the G one guys, their feet are stuck together and they're not very poseable and they're all in different scales. And so they came out with this line that uh, is alternators in the U S and vinyl tech. This is sort of mid aughties and uh, they're all to scale. They're licensed vehicles and Damn if they did not look in the package, especially the vinyl tech ones, which were all die cast. Um, it, they look like model cars. And wow. it, so I looked at these and I was just like, oh, you know, this is not, it's not my Bumblebee, right? You know, there's no Bumblebee. They couldn't license VW, you know, didn't mm. want to license the design and then did anyway later on, right? But, um, you know, so they're not sort of my G1 designs, but those toys looked like model cars and they were bigger, but they just looked like you put that on a shelf and you wouldn't even know that's a transformer. Hmm. And looking at that, I thought, Oh, this is what I wanted as a kid. This is, you know, amazing. And then I got into like masterpiece, which are these, you know, outrageously expensive, you know, (laughs) uh, transformers that, that, you know, you just look at it and you're like, Oh, this is, this is my, my G one Optimus. This is, you know, uh, this is perfect. 
Um, and, you know, the other thing about the toys is that there are these third party companies that uh, bless them, uh, Hasbro tolerates. And mm. so there are all these independent companies that are that compete to make uh, Transformers toys of characters that Hasbro isn't making um, in that scale or, or whatever. And they're releasing stuff all the time and they're different quality. But nowadays, you know, uh, some of these are just staggeringly good. Um, so, you know, all of this kind of that and then uh, Transformers Animated was out. Mm. I hated Transformers Animated at the time. I was just like, this looks, I can't stand the kind of like uh, over-exaggerated sort of look. Now I love it. I have every single animated toy. I love those designs now. <laughs> uh, they're just, they're so unique and so interesting and so awesome. I'll tell you what I'm, I'm finding, because again, like the, the thing is with this is when I had uh, a toy, I, I was just Googling it and I found the uh, green truck transformer that I had. And I'll just show you a couple of images, see if you can remember who it is. Um, there you go. That's him as a robot. Mm-hmm. And right. it, it has the opt- it has the Autobot sign, and, and then he looked that like... Hoist? It, it is. It's hoist, I think he was called. I was looking for the... Um, yeah, so he's 85. So he yeah. was the second batch of car bots. Yeah, so I think that was it, sort of as a there is as a car. Mm-hmm. Um and he was great. Um and I remember this, I had the same problem with uh, uh with my Optimus Prime. Less less so with Grimlock, because he looks be- he looks awesome as a T-Rex. Um I always wanted the Stegosaurus. Um uh, um, I never got it, but uh, that that was the one I always really really wanted. But like as a kid, you're like you get given you getting given Grimlock. I didn't want to go. Oh, I wanted the other one because I did want Grimlock as well, <laughs> and I'd probably got the back of a hand around the head. So, um, <laughs> but the thing was with an Optimus Prime, like, I remember you had the, the the truck and you know the the the, the cabin at the back and then the truck, and you'd you'd turn it into the truck and the cabin. You'd put it in your shelf or you're going to play with it. And not too far, it was like yourself. I'd probably I put it in the shelf and you go, yeah, that looks really cool. I want to transform it now, <laughs> and yeah. I transform it. Stick it there as the robot, and I'd be like, you know, and he'd have his gun, and you'd stick the, the hands in and stuff, and you go, oh, "No, it looks really, really cool." And then like, a day later, I'd be like, "Oh man, I want to see what it looks like as the truck again." Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the playing with it, to be fair. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love that. But I suppose, do you ever do that? What's your what's your um, preference, or do you have certain ones that look better as a vehicle or as a as their you know, let's say, is there vehicle mode, or is there others that look better as their uh, humanoid mode? Yeah, I, I, I have a variety. I mean, what I remember as a kid was I remember I would stage fights, right? You know, like mm. I mean, I would, I would like take over the living room and have all my GI Joes, every single GI Joe and vehicle. Just you know, I probably had fifty, you know, just fighting, and I would like kind of go around and move them, you know, like a, the kind of like turn based, you know, and I just kind of mm. remember. What all doing in this giant melee and i would do that with transformers but the scale thing always threw me off now the cool thing about the g1 toys was they were so simple to transform so a lot of these guys now i mean like the generation stuff like this the stuff that siege and stuff is is based on those you can transform really fast the masterpiece stuff which is you know i mean i i have tons of uh that takes time to transform Mm -hmm. um I, I cannot tell you how complicated some of this stuff is now. 
I'm going to stop you there because I went down not like a massive rabbit hole, but I was I was I was looking into this the other day before we even <laughs> did about the the film uh, to see about modern transport. I want to see some unboxing videos. You know, you get you get those for the, some of the masterpiece things, and I'm I want some of those things. I think some of them are stunning. Like you say, there's a there's an Optimus Prime that uh, I have on a you I found it on my uh, on eBay. It sat there on my watch list, and every now and then I'll hover over it and go, maybe. Um, but they were showing, there were there's basically instructional videos on how to transform some of the toys, and I was stunned, like you say, at how complex and delicate, like intricate, some of this stuff is. Um, yeah, th- this isn't a case of like flipping the head over <laughs> and sticking the arms around the back anymore. Like these are really the, the engineering that's gone into some of these is incredible. Yeah, I mean, and I love the engineering, and, and, and sometimes you get one that that's frustrating or or mm. even that breaks, you know, but uh, or or doesn't tab in quite right, you know, and it's just kind of like oh, I got a little bit of a gap here. Um, but then you get ones that just their engineering is just, you know, you sit with them for, I will sit with them for a couple hours and just, you know, see how a, one shape that looks completely different than a leg turns mm. into a leg. Um, you know, like unique toys, Peru kill was like that, where you, you look at this car and then you look at the robot and it looks like a Jack Kirby crazy robot. And, <laughs> and you, like, you know, like maybe that that's a, cars lights you know maybe that's like a split half of the bumper there but other than that you're like where did this car go what the <laughs> hell did they do this this is so amazing um yeah and sometimes you know there are all these terms for that right i mean like parts forming is what optimus prime did where he had the fist that you had to take off and attach right and now they call it like panel forming where mm-hmm. Basically, you have something split up into panels, uh, so you can basically have one shape turn into a totally different shape. Um, but that kind of like mass shifting that they did on the show of like something big turning into something mm-hmm. small, you know, they've gotten to the point where because of all this sort of panel forming and and you know restructuring things, uh, there are things that just are so small in one mode and in much bigger in another mode, and you just like. How is this even possible? <laughs> it's just stunning, staggering stuff. But sometimes those are more frustrating transformations. But some people like it to be complex. The downside is, you know, you can't really play with it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to fix it with a masterpiece, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, but like a Generations Cosmos or something. And just like, you know, you're on the phone. I'll just transform it while I'm on the phone. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. I think that... This the, the thing I, I, I'm talking to you, and also say some of the things I, I've watched, and I'm, um, you know, we we talked about the film, and I love the film, and I love I love that G1 uh, cartoon, especially the first two the two, first two seasons, like you know that original run. Um, that's Transformers to me, you know, and I've read some, you know, that I had some of the first toys, but that to me is just Transformers, like, you know the and. I've read some of the comics. I've I've read these IDW stuff, and I've seen some of the modern toys, <clears throat> and some of the games. So there's a couple of computer games that look pretty cool as well. I haven't replayed really them, but there's a couple that look pretty good. But what I love about Transformers, again, more than any other franchise, is its multimedia appeal. Like 
if you want, you you know, you can be all encapsulating. Like you can cover off everything. Like you know, I've got the comics, I've got the uh, the the DVDs and the Blu-rays, I've, you know, the films and everything. Then the toys and then this and that. Like you can the lunchbox. You can have a lot. But if you want, you can focus in on the toys. And you haven't really got to worry about anything else. Or you can focus in on the TV shows. <clears throat> and you can be all in on those and the lore and the design. The, you know, that you said, the, the, the character designs and the different stories. Or you can go into the comics. Or you, uh, It's just so diverse that it's so sort of... I, I don't think any other... I can't think of any other franchise that allows you to have that level of sort of variance and flexibility. Yeah, there, there, I do occasionally have days. I mean, I, you know, I, where I think, am I a little too obsessed with this? No, um, never. <laughs> well, so I, the one game that I still regularly play or have played in the last year or so on my tablet slash phone devices is Transformers Earth Wars. And it's not a, a great, sophisticated game or anything, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll play that, and you know, I'll I smoke, so I'll go outside and have a cigarette, and I'll you know, hop on and do a couple battles and get some mm. experience, and you know, complete buildings and stuff like that. And uh, there are days where, like, I'm working, I'm you know, watching a Transformers show, and I'll think, oh, I'll have a break. Do I, oh, maybe I won't uh, do Earth Wars. Maybe I'll read that Transformers comic that I've got here. And when I'm done with all of this, I'll unpack that uh, package of toys I've got and uh, transform it. And I'm like, I, I literally am doing like toys, a video game, a comic book, and a TV show. And I'm like, okay, I can't be doing these four things at once. Like, I'll be Transformers. This is not healthy. But it, but it's but it's true that it's a passion, and that's what I think is fantastic because it is an all-encompassing. But I think, but you know, you you see people like you can't do that with Star Wars. Like I know people that, that that go towards the toys, but the toys exist in service of the films, and then you know the books are the same and that sort of thing. And there's you know even some of the other franchises like Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they had a, they've got their comic runs and stuff, but there's no one that goes. Oh yeah, there's all these variants of the Ninja Turtles toys. You know, yeah, there were some cool ones. I mean, there's a Michael Myers version. They they had a they literally mm. did a, a like a slasher series of the turtles. <laughs> it's weird, but did it's it, not. They might have uh, clown turtles, didn't they? They did. They did. They, did, <laughs> they called them party clown turtles. Yeah, it, that they were really like <laughs> they were <laughs> they were scraping the bottom of the barrel to try and make that line keep going. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't know anything that does this though. That you are able to just access it from so many different ways, and all of it actually be pretty good quality. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing ever seems to be sort of in, in truly in subservience to to something else. So I, I, I feel like the toys are the, the primary thing, aren't they? Because that's how it started. I don't but, know. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't. No, that that's true. I mean, I, I do think that there are some that, you know, you're just with like, I mean, I, I love weird Japanese stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I don't get me started on the kiss players line. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's weird. You Google it sometime uh, only in Japan. Um, but um, yeah, so some people, you know, there are lines that I don't like, but 
I don't know that, you know, it started with the toys, mm. but basically I didn't buy a Transformers toy for, you know, 20 years. Um, and it was really, you know, vinyl tech that got me, you know, back into it. Um, and then, uh, and then I was interested in toys based around the, the first Bay movie. Um, you know, and I, I couldn't believe that we were getting a live action movie. Um, you know, those toys weren't great, but you know, uh, I, I wouldn't open them at the time. And then it took a few years until I just started going down the rabbit hole and opening them. But it's a whole separate thing to me. And, you know, I will spend, uh, like, you know, I love Cyberverse. I, I just mm. talked about that. I have like three Cyberverse toys. I mean, they're meant for kids. They're, they're mm. not for me. There are a few designs I like and, you know, I love them and I'll keep them. Animated. I, I struggle to get through that show, honestly. But the designs of it, I have every, I literally have every animated toy. Uh, <laughs> I love those designs. So it's weird. Like there's continuities. And I mean, obviously the G1 comics, I mean, uh, I, I love, you know, some Transformers comics, the IDW comics, you know, they sort of occasionally tie into the generations toys, but they're often just are not connected to the toys at all. So I don't know. Um, I don't, I feel like there's not anyone that's primary uh, with Transformers. And that's the, but that's the Bennett, that's the beauty of it. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> you know, like say they're not, that nothing is in, is subservient to anything else. Like it's not like one exists to sort of serve the other. You could easily just like, if you wanted to and just love the comics, you could just read the comics and never pick up a toy or never mm-hmm. watch an animated film like or the, the cartoon. Like you could, or if you just, I say, you want to just watch the cartoons, like you can. Like I think this is the beauty of this franchise. I don't think it's sort of, it's weird that it's sort of it's not as mainstream as it was. It's obviously a bit more mainstream these days because of uh, the, the the Bayverse films, um, you know, reignited it for for another generation. Um, you know, probably more so than some of the cartoons. But um, it, yeah, it just seems so accessible in so many different ways. I just don't think any other franchise is. Um, you know, maybe you know if you were to look at the MCU and the Marvel comics, but they haven't got like toys and everything else. Like it's just those, really. Yeah, this is this has got so much more. Um, but even like with with Marvel, like you know, the big problem with that is if you say, well, where do I start? I mean, yeah, sure, I can I can dive into like the the '90s X Men show if I'm into that, and you know, into X Men, and that just is what it is. But you know, where do you start with the comics? I mean, you mm-hmm. can say like, okay, start with the Ultimates. You know, start with the the Ultimate line that influences the movies, but that's going to stop at some point, and then merge with the regular Marvel universe, which has its own convoluted fifty year history. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, there's that whole problem of like, what do you give people for where to start? No, it, it is it's it's, it's funny because it's um um one of the things that sort of it, you're right, especially with the ultimates, because you know the ultimate starts well and ends up with was it ultimatum? Uh, terrible. Yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. It's sort of like you know the payoff to the whole thing is dreadful. So, um, and has some really awkward comics in it like some really odd stuff in in the whole ultimate line um but yeah no the thing with us um you know obviously tragically uh chadwick boson died uh recently mm-hmm. of cancer and so there's been this you know um 
wonderful outpouring for him and sort of you know it seems like he was a genuinely wonderful person and so and, and marvel on comicsology were giving away for 24 hours every single black panther comic for free wow and so i went That's on awesome. there yeah and i was like oh because I, I really want to read the latest run and catch up on that because i read the first i've read the first trade and was like this is great i really want to read more so i went and got that and i've got the christopher priest run and then there's the, mm-hmm. there's a run in the middle of that uh who've I can't remember who, who writes it now, I've got, unfortunately, but it's drawn by um, uh, J.R. Yeah, John Romita Jr. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get that. And like, you, all of a sudden, like I say, you're going, oh, well, should I go back further? <laughs> you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I've got to draw a line. Like, you know, but um, I've got like £150 worth of comics for like free. I couldn't believe it. it was, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, you're right. You could, you could just keep digging and digging and digging, and, and then it's sort of like, oh, okay, you sort of got to draw a line. But with say with transforming, it just seems a little bit more accessible. Like it's it's a there's an origin and a start point, and you can pretty much pick it up from there. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that you know all of my instincts and in, in all of you know the world we live in, right? You know, especially post MCU, is sort of like connect everything, right? Mm. I mean, that's where you know, you and I primarily came from reading comics, you know, I mean, DC and Marvel, the whole idea was connect everything. Uh, even the early Transformers comics, because they were done by Marvel, have Spider-Man in it, you yes. know, yeah. so, you know, you're supposed to connect everything. So there's a part of me that just goes like, oh man, you know, I, I want more stuff set in that G1 continuity. I mean, I'm still reading uh, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, continuing the original G.I. Joe comics. Uh, mm. You know, I love that stuff. But the flip side is with Transformers, um, all of those different shows, I mean, all in their own continuities, you can, at this point, you can show somebody and say like, okay, well, where are you on the spectrum of what you're looking for? Do you Mm. want something stylized in its art? Do you want something realistic in its art? Do you want, you know, something older? You know, you like 80s cartoons. You want something newer that's, you know, CGI. You know, you have Beast Wars. You want something aimed for kids. You know, we've got everything from, you know, like rescue robots to, you know, like Cyberverse and, you know, animated, you know, and then like Prime, which is kind of like a little more PG, you know, and, um, you know, you know, then the Bayverse stuff. I mean, there's so many almost because it keeps getting rebooted constantly and there are multiple iterations running simultaneously and there's continuity is kind of an afterthought at least between those, they've tried to do it and it just doesn't work. They give up on it. Uh, You know, I mean, then there's so many different versions you can look at and you're always looking at, I I think what's frustrating for that as a fan is that like, you know, you don't have that longevity, like G1, except in Japan. I mean, reading all that manga and stuff, it doesn't continue for 60 years. Right. Mm. But, But the cool thing is like, you're always going to be reading a or watching a different version of this story, uh, a different like, you know, Siege has a very mercenary Bumblebee. I mean, mm. Bumblebee is like this, you know, he's got a very set kind of character. He's a very lovable guy and they went against that. And it's not my Bumblebee, but I love that they did that. I mm. mean, I, in what other franchise would you even try that? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You've got that flexibility. Like I suppose you know, you've you've. It's almost like a, a an editing dial, isn't it? Like okay, well, in order to do, in order to you know, we're going to really ratchet up then sort of this kind of version of Bumblebee. But 
in order for things to sort of not feel too changed, we'll, you know, we'll make sure that Prime stays the same and we'll introduce, you know, you're going to have an Iron Hide and you're going to have an Ultra Magnus, but then also we're going to ratchet up, um, ratchet, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you can get away with that where you probably couldn't, again, you couldn't do that in other, uh, other franchises. You know, I mean, um, they, the only thing they ever seem to do, you know, is, um, I don't know if you read them in the 90s, they did. I mean, the Ninja Turtles is probably the only one that's gone through similar tonal iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in this, you you had the sort of the eighties, early nineties cartoon. It's very silly. Uh, then you have the early two thousands, and they've gone through the Nickelodeon versions. But in the comics, like in the nineties, um, you know, drawn by sort of the, the, the great Simon Bisley, you have an, a, a series of comics. What's it called? Body Count, I think. Oh yeah. Like a really yeah, that violent. Was, um, that's in the original Mirage universe. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is my preferred universe. Yeah. Um, but Casey Jones and Raphael going off on basically sort of like a you know a a, a violent road trip kind of deal. Chill um, fest. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I remember reading it and thinking like because I was I was brought up on I didn't see the original. Uh, Eastman and Laird comics for quite some time, and so I was raised on the cartoon. And then when I pick up the comics in the nineties, and that's the first one. One of the first things I read was Body Count, and I was just like, "What? <laughs> what, what is this? Where's Where's the pizza sort of chewing dudes that I'm used to?" Um, so you, you know, I, I love when they do these things, but it it just feels more sort of weirdly authentic in Transformers because it's part and parcel of they literally transform like it's part and parcel of what they are yeah i think the i think tmnt is a good comparison because like you know uh i mean like you had the the utroms you know that became the inspiration for krang Mm. you know krang from the animated show is like such an iconic kind of guy right i mean everybody knows what you what you mean at least if they're of a certain age if you say you know krang uh You know, and that gets reinterpreted and you can take that idea and kind of merge it with the Utroms and, you know, for the next iteration. And and IW has has their version of TMNT right now. It's the longest running in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken some liberties with the origin, but in a way that is responsible to the, you know, central ideas and made it work. And I don't know. I mean, there's something there's something charming about this sort of iterative process one of the downsides of it is like you know there's no definitive version mm-hmm. and maybe that's a good thing to let go of i mean i i want to write the definitive version of transformers <laughs> right uh i've got it in my head but it lives only in my head and that's one of the frustrating things even of the toys it's like there's no i've got so many transformers toys but there's no like definitive collection you know mm-hmm. not only am i always you know, going to swap one out for a better version, but also there are different scales. They're from different lines. They're from different universes. None of those scales or lines of, or universes will ever, ever, ever be complete Mm. unless you're, you know, very narrow. So in the same way, like, no, like I love G1, but it's like, where's Windblade? Where's Drift? You know, uh, where's Bulkhead? Mm. Where are these characters that came later that, I can't imagine where's barricade from the movies, you know, um, you know, barricade to, 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 in, what, to, uh, 
enslave and punish is written yeah. on the side of the cop car. And I always think like, you know, what a great character. I mean, I, mm. I, I want to write a story of, you know, sort of prowl and barricade as sort of the G1 prowl is sort of the good side of policing and barricade is like the ugly side of policing that has been <laughs> exposed, you know, for those who hadn't seen it. Mm. Um, and that's such a, you know, classic character at this point. You think like, well, how can you do a version of Transformers that doesn't have that? He didn't even exist until 2007. Yeah. So maybe the idea of like a definitive version is something that it's healthy to let go of. I don't know. Again, I don't know. It depends. Sometimes it depends on the... Um, it depends on the flexibility of, of the franchise. Um and again, it, weirdly, the more you move away from human protagonists, the more you can do that. Um, again, I'll use you know if we if we stick with um, you know the the '80s sort of uh, franchises, um, and again, they all have slightly different origins. But I think because Ghostbusters comes from a film, you do have the definitive Ghostbusters. You know, it's it's Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Um, you know Harold Ramis and, and uh, Ernie Hudson, like that's the definitive Ghostbusters, and then and then from there they've sort of done the real Ghostbusters, and, and the, but you can't move away from that fixed model because you sort of have that sort of like you know fixed thing with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you've got to have four, but you can you can do variances and stuff on that a little bit. Um, well, they did move away from the model with Ghostbusters. <laughs> they did, and it, right. although, although I although I admit I kind of like the extreme Ghostbusters, uh, I enjoy it. It's clear like why it didn't. It feels like it's a very nineties cartoon, but yeah, I don't know. It just sort of there's a, there's a way you can do it and a way you can't do it, and um, you know it's, it's why it's why I'm curious like why didn't Thundercats last longer because they could have done so much more with that. That's another one that like. You could have all kinds of iterations of that, and oh, Voltron's that way too, right? I mean, there's only mm. been. I mean, Netflix is having success with that, and that's great. And and now you've got the kid Thundercats show, right? Which, you know, all uh, guys our age are like online going, "I'm so angry." Be happy, dude. You know, yeah, it's not, you don't have to like it. Um, I have yeah, to admit, I there was there was an there was an, I have to admit there was like an anime version of Thundercats, um, but I don't know seven ten years ago, not that not that, not that long ago. That was really good, and um, you know people sort of railed against that because it wasn't the original. You sort of go, you go back and watch the original, and you go, the original is not that good. <laughs> no. no, it's not. Uh, no, I mean none of this, you know, is all that good. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I, I was thinking, like, in terms of things being definitive, that there isn't a single vision. Mm. Uh, you know, all of these are corporate-produced stuff, right? But, um, you know, I think when you're thinking about these these franchises, it helps that there isn't a single vision, right? That it's mm -hmm. not just one artist or one director that did it. I mean, like, Ghostbusters has that problem, right? Because you basically have two movies in the original um, and, you know, you could probably switch that stuff up a lot more than they've tried and get away with it and, and have it be successful, but you've got to try multiple iterations and half of them aren't going to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have to just give it to different people and let them go with it. 
I think Thundercats is the same way. I mean, you could do a great Thundercats, but you have to just give it to different people and let them go with it. And part of that is the freedom to do a Beast Wars. Part of that is the freedom to just say, um, you know, it's like when we talk about these movies, we talk about these reboots, you know, uh, I'd almost rather it be a strong vision than it be my vision or anything that I'm even going to like. You know, go for it. Do a different version of Batman. Do a different version of, you know, Thundercats. I don't have to like it. Mm. Somebody going to like it. And it's going to be their version. And uh, if nothing else, there'll be some idea from it that will persist. Yeah, I mean, Batman, you just mentioned Batman, sort of as we wrap up. like Batman's a really good example because obviously... Everyone from an animated point of view, everyone talks about yeah, Batman the animated series, and rightfully so because a large portion of that is excellent. Like you know, and I, I won't say that it's all top notch. There are some episodes that are, are pretty, you know, crap. But what they did with the Batman, then there was obviously you know they, they went off and did um, the Batman, which I think is massively underrated. Um, I really mm-hmm. like that. Then there's like Batman the Brave and the Bold, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I again is so much fun, but such a different tone. You know the the um, um, the the, uh, the, the uh, Aquaman Arthur Curry from um, uh, ba- Batman the Brave and the Bold is fantastic. He's such a great like true comedy character. Um, and then they did again what it was just called. Um, they did the CG Batman where Alfred was like basically sort of like an, a former SAS. Sort of <laughs> character, and he's really like he's basically like, it's like a, a burly Jason Statham. He's really cool, but weirdly, that idea has now sort of stuck around a little bit. Of like, oh, you know, we know he's 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 had some military training in the past, but now he's like a badass and sort of we you know. I think I get the feeling that that's what Andy Circus is going to be in in the Batman in the future. Um, and you can like I say you can you know, and then you get Lego Batman. All of that exists. And they're all they're all good for the for different reasons. Um, but you you've got like you say you've got to be brave enough to do them and almost have like the confidence of your convictions to sort of go with that theme and that idea. And it'll probably work a lot better if you are going to go. No, no, we're going to go completely batshit crazy on this one, and it's going to be you know, he's not going to be a truck. He's going to be a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, again, you know, truck, not monkey. You know, every time somebody's like, you know, oh, you know, I, you remember back in the day before, uh, you know, I mean, when like Sequard did a book on Batman 66, mm. that was unthinkable. No, mm. it's like, that's not the real Batman. Now you can have silly Batman mm. and it's okay. But, you know, people would say that's not the real Batman. Truck, not monkey. Doesn't yeah. have to be your, you know, <clears throat> your thing. Um, yeah, but I mean, Batman's been very versatile like that, and I, I think like, I, you know, I still know people who refuse to watch Teen Titans Go because they canceled the existing Titans show to do that. Um, you know, I, I, Teen Titans Go will come on in the mornings, and I'll just put it on and, and watch a couple episodes. And you know, there's stuff in that that's so brilliant, that's mm. so good. I love, I'm never going to watch the entire series from front to back, but you know, it's been so influential. Um, And nobody would, I mean, that was, that's something that you, you, if you describe that show, we're going to do this. Yeah. People just said that's that's insane. All the fans are going to hate it. Bad idea. You're throwing money away. Um, 
But you have to you have to try strong and have yeah. a strong vision. And if it fails, it fails. Well, I mean, one of the examples of that, and um, we will wrap up shortly, is is that is that when they did Teen Titans Go, like they went all out with it because it's it is crazy. I don't if you were to watch more than four episodes, I think you start to have some sort of hallucinations and and sort of some sort of neurological impact. It's a bit too colourful in that, but it is great. I really enjoy it. But they actually sort of hit back at the fans because they mm. then after the film, uh, Teen Titans Go to the movie, like they actually have. That the that, that former Teen Titans animated series and Teen Titans Go teaming up <laughs> to do stuff. So they're a bit like, oh, you want them back? We're going to bring them back, and we're going to give you something special. And uh, that's worth tracking down because they even enter. You know the the current like, almost like the new Fifty Two version, of the animated universe um, that they've done uh, most recently of all the DC animated films. They go and visit that. They go and visit a whole bunch of other stuff. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, and that's one of the things I'll, I'll always applaud DC for over Marvel is they're a bit more adventurous with their animated films. Um, but yeah. yeah and, and they don't have the same, like, uh, the same, you know, on the spectrum of, like, everything's got to be in the same universe, you know. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the bulk of the MCU stuff. I mean, all movies, those are just accents to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, <laughs> uh, and to those Netflix shows. Um, but, you know, uh, they are much more heterodox, much more, uh, you know, contained, whereas, you know, the DC approach is a little more closer to the Transformers, right? Yeah. We're going to have, you know, do a TV show. It doesn't even really have to fit into the Arrowverse. You know, we'll figure it out later. You know? <laughs> uh, it's a little closer to the Transformers side. and. The advantage of that is you get, you know, good iterations, weird new stuff. You also get some shit. Yeah. You get stuff that fails. And that's okay. And you don't have to like all of it. And that's the thing. And that's one of the things that I say Transformers have survived because of that. And I think, sort of like you say, just to, you know, to make that connection, I think the fact that DC appear to have, like, clocked onto that more recently is why they're going to thrive. You know, they've got, yeah, we can do Joker. And then we can go do a really crazy version of Suicide Squad. And we can go do Shazam. Oh, and then we're going to do a really dark version of Batman. Um, you know, so, and they all exist. They're not together, but they all exist. And, you know, they sort of accept that the audience is hopefully smart enough to figure out that, you know, they are different and you can pick and choose how they're going to sort of, iter you know, these different iterations of the characters. But more than that, they're actually going to have Ezra Miller turn up on a TV show to go, oh, just so you know, yeah, yes, they had what Sam Jackson turn up briefly in the very first episode of Agents of Shield, and they've got Agent Colson. But like, no, no, we're actually going to have the Flash turn up in the Flash, and um, we're actually going to acknowledge that Grant Gustin's character actually gives Ezra Miller's character his name, the Flash. Hmm. And you're like, wow, again, like ballsy. That's sort of like, you know, that's really quite ballsy. So. Yeah, I'm really curious as to how that plays out. I mean, obviously the MCU is going deep into the multiverse concept, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and DC is doing that as well, uh, although much more established in its various universes. Um, you know, I'm curious how this is going to play out because I'll say, to get it back to Transformers, there are all these different timelines, you know, all these different universes. They very rarely interact Mm -hmm. And when they do interact, all those stories have been, from my standpoint, a uh, disaster. 
And I mean, it's hard enough figuring out the continuity of one universe, yeah. let alone, you know, five of them interacting. Uh, and every time, you know, there have been theories like uh, it was official policy for a while that all Unicrons were the same Unicron across the entire multiverse. That doesn't really make sense. Mm. You know, you just have to jettison that and just say, no, no. So I don't know. I, I, I do wonder as we go into this phase of storytelling, how that'll work out. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a whole... Well, maybe we will do an episode we talk about multiverses because I think it's something to to tap into, especially with DC. And maybe we should go back and start talking about infinite, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earth. So it's a good a good point maybe one day to talk about that that story. But we're, good, we're running out of time. And so uh, last thoughts from you then, Julian. Sort of like, let's start with that then. Someone's coming in, they've listened to this podcast. We probably spoiled the crap out of it anyway. But where should someone go to start their Star Wars, Star Wars their Transformers journey? Uh, well, they should watch uh, A New Hope. Um, <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, I mean, I one of the problems with Transformers is it's so hard to recommend anything. Um, I think the the start with the beginning of whatever it is that interests you. If you mm. like uh if you like cyberverse jump to season two but you know but other than that i mean uh you know you know if you like if you like the bay movies just jump into the first one uh if you like uh g1 you know i can recommend uh man of iron is one of my few my most favorite stories uh in the comics but yeah i mean just dive in and you'll figure it out and if it's not for you don't assume the rest of it, you know, is like that. Uh, you know, look at the different series and see which style sounds cool to you and try it out. And if you don't like it, there's going to be something else. <laughs> There'll be a new one coming along. Look at, yeah, like a bunch of buses. Excellent. No, on the Transformers overall, the franchise. I, I think it's, I say, I, I love the diversity of it. I love the fact there's so much. Um, I'm I'm definitely more of a G1 generation one. You know, the cartoon and stuff is where it started for me. I've enjoyed some of the stuff that they've done. Other stuff, yeah, I could I can take it or leave it. But I love the diversity of it. I love the fact I can go in and watch some Cyberverse, or I can go and watch Prime, or I can watch a new anime that's going to sort of go into this whole thing around class warfare in, on Cybertron. <laughs> it's it's great, and um, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm digging I'm going to start digging into those old Marvel comics more and more now I think sort of uh, I've got that first volume to read so I'm going to go through it all again. Awesome, yeah. Man. Well, but, then you can go on uh, bulletin boards and everyone gets to argue about like you know what's real and what's good and what's not and yell at each other. Well, I just know that you know in the future all I've got to say is uh, truck not monkey and you know <laughs> and, uh, we just roll out. Uh, right, quickly to run there, but thank you very much, Julian. I've loved talking about Transformers and everything around it. So, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, and uh, always a pleasure, yeah. And we'll be back for stories at time and space. So, go check it out. But go check us out, 20th Century Geek. You can find us on 20th Century Geek on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Always putting stuff out there because I've got random thoughts about many, many things. And then just check Julian and I are on stories out of time and space. Uh, we are out there on all the podcast uh, catches. Uh, mainly on sort of iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you like what we do on this podcast or what I'm doing, 20th Century Geek, I've got a Patreon and uh, I do another sort of mini podcast every month called 30 Minute Thoughts, which is me just rambling around different things based on a poll that I do. And I've also got an Amazon wish list. And 
yeah, just go and find out. And if the best thing, if you don't want to spend money or do anything else, just give us a review. Go on an iPod, iPod um, a podcast catcher and leave a review. It's greatly appreciated. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And Julian, as always, thank you very much. And thank we shall you, talk, we shall talk again soon. Mm-hmm.